and to grow to become mature, godly, passionate followers of Jesus. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. About six years ago, when I finished high school, I was pushed into various leadership positions in various ministries around the church. And it was a big learning curve of dealing with people and being responsible for the leaders I was looking after. One of the things I learned really quickly is that not everyone is the same. More specifically, not everyone responds to feedback or advice or correction in the same way. And I generally found that there were two types of people. The first, they were easy to deal with. Actually, they were a pleasure to deal with. When I give them feedback, they'd smile at me, they'd be glad, they'd thank me, and they'd take on board all the comments that were given. But when we moved to the second type of people, I think all of us know about them, and we often refer to them as that guy. That guy seems to always be the source of frustration. You'll find them in your family, in your group of friends, in your workplace, and at church also. That guy we dread talking to and we hate dealing with them. Why? Because when you give them feedback, advice or correction, instead of being glad and thankful and smiling, they react totally the opposite. They reject and they deny truth. They ignore correction and advice. They simply don't listen. I'm sure all of you have had this experience and dealt with these kinds of people. I mean, I can think of myself in that category many times. If you haven't dealt with these types of people, maybe you should think about it a bit more. You might even be that guy. Today we're continuing on that theme of being receptive and the big question today is how do people, or more specifically, how do you individually respond to truth? The Bible and in particular the wisdom books of Psalms, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes have plenty to say about this topic and generally speaking they give us three different general behaviours of how people respond to truth and they should come up in the next slide. The first is the wise. When truth or feedback comes to a wise person, you get a smile. He is glad, he listens, and he accepts the truths and advice. And he also adjusts his life in accordance to the truth. The wise are receptive to truth. The second is the fool. When truth or feedback comes to a foolish person, he talk to the hand. He's not happy. He's sad. He rejects truth. He denies it. He says, it's not true. He externalizes it. He says, it's not me. It's something else or someone else. And he doesn't take the truths on board to change. A fool is not receptive to truth. The third behavior is the evil or maybe a more helpful description is the wicked or the harmful. When truth or feedback comes to an evil person, he's not happy, he's not sad either, he's actually angry, he's got a red face, he's just set off a time bomb waiting to explode. He rejects the truth, but on top of this, he's purposefully destructive and causes harm. 
Now, I know some of you may be looking around now to the person next to you and maybe thinking, oh, maybe the guy sitting next to me isn't wise. Or maybe that guy sitting over there is a bit foolish. Or maybe the guy on the other side of the congregation may be evil. (laughs) On a more serious note, let me remind all of us that these are behavioural patterns that we are analysing for our own lives. It's not a blame game, but a personal examination. We should be asking ourselves, how do I respond to truth? Or am I receptive to truth? As I've been preparing the sermon this week, I've been challenged myself also to examine my life and to make sure I'm being receptive to truth. Just last Thursday night, uh, I did a talk at the Kairos course and uh, Jeff Gunton grabbed me at the end. He encouraged me and I was feeling really good about myself. But then he said, but I've just got one piece of feedback. I held my breath. My mind was going, oh no, feedback. What's he going to say? Don't get angry. Listen. Don't defend. Listen. Accept. Listen. He's trying to help me. I believe that this topic of being receptive fits really well with the topic we looked at a couple of weeks ago about being genuine truth-tellers. Because if you think about it, there's not much point being genuine truth-tellers if we're not also going to be receptive to the truths that are spoken to us. It's kind of like a marriage or a relationship. It's a two-way street, and we both have to be on board. In my life group, we went through these studies, and one of the most common comments was that fearing people won't accept truth was one of the biggest hindrances or stumbling blocks to genuine truth-tellers. That's why I guess today's topic is about the foolish listener, and I reckon it's probably one of the toughest sermons in this 10-week series. Because all of us, at some stage, at some part of our lives, we act foolishly. So I've got the confronting task today of preaching this truth. So thanks to Daryl for not being here today, and David for leaving the sermon to me. Really appreciate it. Today's sermon uh, has three parts. The first is a fool's understanding of God. The second section is a fool's relationship with others. And the third is a fool's path towards wisdom, or how foolish behaviour can be replaced with wise, godly behaviour. So let's get a move on. The first section is a fool's understanding of God. And the Bible and the wisdom books in particular have plenty to say about the fool. It has so many references that I reckon the authors got a bit bored of writing fool over and over again. And he began to make it interesting by using other nicknames such as the simple, the scoffer, the mocker, and the scorner. In my readings over the week, I found a total of 136 references to the fool. And I had the task of analysing each of these verses in order to have this big picture understanding of what the Bible says as a whole and what God says about the fool. So in order to discover the underlying attitude or the world view that leads to foolish behaviour, we must start by looking at the most important attitude, which is the vertical relationship, a fool's understanding of God. And we get a big clue from this from Proverbs 1.7 when we read before. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, what does this say? 
It says the wise are those who value. The wise and those who value um, and are receptive to knowledge. Their understanding of God is that they fear God. They know God, they respect Him. They put Jesus as Lord and Saviour of their lives. God or Jesus is in the centre of their lives. The wise know that it's God's world. They know that God is in charge and that we as sinners are under God and that we depend on God for everything from our salvation from sins to our daily bread and our day-to-day lives. This is why the wise are receptive to truth. They know it's God's world and not theirs. What about the fool's understanding of God? Well, Proverbs 1.7 alludes to it, but Psalm 14 verse 1 gives us a more clearer picture. It says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. The fool doesn't have God in the centre of their life. Maybe it's near the centre. Maybe it's in the outskirts of their life. Or maybe not in their lives at all. But ultimately we find that a fool hasn't put God in his rightful place. The origin of the fool is that they put themselves in the centre. They make themselves look big, which is pride. They think that they are in charge, rather than accepting that God is in charge. This is why the fool rejects truth. So in fact, if we think about it, all of us have a natural tendency towards foolish behaviour. Why? It's because we're all sinners and we all have this natural inclination to put ourselves in the centre of our lives. So the question today isn't, who are the fools? But rather it's, where in my life am I foolish? Where in my life do I reject truth and feedback from others? Where is it that Jesus isn't the centre of my life? Hopefully the next section will provide some more stimulating thoughts to better answer these questions. But the truth to understand here is that our wise or our foolish behaviour comes back to our relationship with God. All behaviour is a reflection of our understanding of and our relationship with God. Have we put God in the right place in all parts of our lives? The second section is a fool's relationship with others and how a fool behaves with others is the outworking of their relationship and their understanding of God. To summarise it in a nutshell, the wise has God in the centre of their lives. They put Jesus as Lord and they follow his commands to serve others, to love others above themselves. So in relating to others, the wise put the other person as the most important. But if we think about it, the fool is a bit different They put themselves in the centre of their lives instead of God, which means when they relate to others, the fool views themselves above the other person. So I've grouped all of these 136 references of the fool into five major themes of how a fool behaves in relation to others. And just before we go through these five points, I'd like to remind you all that as we go through these points, Don't look at others, don't judge others, but rather look at yourself first and ask yourself, is this me? Is this something that people comment to me about? 
is this something that I personally struggle with? So first point, a fool is self-centered. Proverbs 28 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. This stems from the fact that God is not in the center of their lives. Fools trust themselves more than anyone else. They either forget or don't know that it's God's world. They reject truth from others because they only trust themselves. They can be also described as arrogant, boastful, or prideful. Those of you who are very skilled and very talented have this danger. You can trust yourself too much and begin to look down on others. I know this is something that I personally have struggled with. Secondly, a fool is blind to sin. Proverbs 10.23 says, Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Fools don't own up to their own sin. They're blind to it. Some reject the fact that they're sinning at all. Some downplay their sinning by saying, saying and thinking that it's not that bad. They just like to play with fire. And just like the verse says, sin is a joke. It's something trivial to the fool. It's not something that they take very seriously. And this stems quite obviously from a broken relationship with God. Thirdly, a fool rejects knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 18. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but, in ex- but only in expressing his own opinion. Fools don't like to learn. They don't want to understand anything, whether it's about God's word or being equipped in serving or how they can grow as a person or as a follower of Jesus. In fact, you'll hear the fool saying that he thinks he's got it all already and he doesn't need to learn anything more. They never attend workshops, seminars, conferences, simply because of this fact. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding. Fourthly, a fool is slow to think and quick to speak. Proverbs 14 says, One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Proverbs 18.13 also says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is to his folly and shame. Fools have this problem of foot in mouth. They have a tendency to talk first and sometimes think later. Their quickness to speak betrays their lack of thought. I'm sure we've all done that before. These are times that when we look back, we regret opening our mouths at all. I know I've done that many, many, many times. Fifthly and lastly, a fool is not receptive to others, which is what this whole theme of being receptive is about. Proverbs 13 verse 1 says, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Proverbs 17 verse 10 says, A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. In Jewish history, the Jewish measure of correction usually included 40 lashes. So this verse plays on that fact that even after extreme measures, 100 blows or lashes 
a fool is still not receptive. Truth goes in one, one ear and comes out the other. A fool does not listen to truth, correction or feedback. Maybe as we've gone through these five characteristics, there have been a couple of things that may have stood out for you. Maybe God is convicting you today of something in your life that we need to change. And going back to the first point, if something stands out for you, ask yourself, is God really in the centre of this particular part of my life? Do I need to fix this vertical relationship first and see the Lordship of Jesus over this particular area in my life? God wants us to be growing to become mature, godly, passionate followers of Jesus. And this includes being receptive to those around us. So as we move to the third section, a fool's path to wisdom. I don't know about you, but these five points were quite confronting and challenging for me to think about. I hope you've grappled with them, thought about them, took them in, and hopefully it's not come out the other ear. And I hope that you're not too downtrodden or overwhelmed about it all yet. Because there's great hope for a fool. In fact, Jesus came. He died and rose again for the fool. He did this for all of us sinners so that our sin is paid for and that we're able to put God in the centre of our lives properly. And in the wisdom books, as we read it, God also gives light of hope towards a fool. In Proverbs 9, 4, 6, and Proverbs 15, verse 31, it should come up on the slides, it gives the fool hope to turn away, to leave the foolish life. And the key to this is to listen to truth, to become wise. And ultimately, God wants all of us to be wise. He wants us all to grow into godly, mature, passionate followers of Jesus. This final section outlines five challenges for us from God's word as we all move on the path towards wisdom. So firstly, put God in the centre of your life. Proverbs 1.7 The fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. This is the underlying worldview change which cultivates wise behaviour. Put God in the centre of your life, not just in word, but in action in all that you do every single day. Understand what Jesus has done for us on the cross and let that humble us and impact our lives. Secondly, deal with sin. Psalm 19 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. It's God's world. God has spoken through the scriptures and God's word is perfect. We need to listen to it and abide by it. Treat God's word seriously and deal with sin in your life. Thirdly, be eager to understand God's word. Proverbs 15 says, The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge. Have a desire to read and understand God's word for yourself. Andrew Murray, not the tennis player, but a famous theologian in the 18th century said, Some read the Bible to learn, and some read the Bible to hear from heaven. 
God wants us to come to his word with a sense of desire, anticipation and expectation to hear from him. Be eager to hear from God through his word. Fourthly, listen and think first. Proverbs 10 says, The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. I think the point itself says it all. Listen first. Don't jump in when someone is speaking truth to you. Then take the information in and think about it for yourself. And fifthly and lastly, be receptive to others. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. To gain wisdom, you must be receptive to others and to truth. You must be open and inviting to feedback. Most, if not all the time, there is some truth to all criticism. And really, if you think about it, rebuke, feedback and correction are great opportunities to grow as people and as followers of Christ. I've been meeting up with a mentor for nine years and through all these years, he's always been there to ask me the hard questions, give me the hard feedback and correct me when I'm doing something wrong. And it happened a lot, let me tell you. And if I had not been receptive to him, there is no way that I would have grown from the young, mischievous kid I was back then to the hopefully more mature person I am today. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud told this story about a young man that he met at a church camp. And this young man was sitting with a number of older, more experienced men and women. During one of the group sessions, one of the older men spoke up and he spoke to the young man and said, young man, I have some feedback for you. And Cloud says that he will never forget the response from this young man. In fact, after hearing the story myself, I can't forget it either. So after the old man says, young man, I have some feedback for you. The young man, firstly, he leaned in, his eyes opened wide and his face glowed. He smiled and then he said, Sir, give me a gift. God wants us to be receptive to truth from others. So as we finish off today, I just want to focus on the last point about being receptive to others, which is the focus of the R in this grace series. To finish off, I've put together five questions for you to think about and hopefully to do something about. Examine yourself and maybe ask someone whom you trust or knows you very well for a second opinion. So five questions. Firstly, do you respond appreciatively or defensively when it comes to correction? Do you respond appreciatively or defensively when it comes to correction. Secondly, do you learn lessons from life or do you seem to keep making the same mistakes over and over again? Learn lessons from life or keep making the same mistakes? Thirdly, when things go wrong, do you tend to overreact or are you slow to anger? Overreact or slow to anger? Fourthly, are you easy 
or difficult for people to confront. And note that if you haven't been confronted in a while, you probably know why. And fifthly and lastly, during conversations, do you tend to listen intently or do you tend to interrupt the other person? Five questions for you to think about. So in conclusion, God wants us as individuals and as a church to be wise, not to be fools, to be receptive to truth. God wants us to put Jesus in the centre of our lives, in all our words and our actions, every single part of our lives. Remember, it's God's world, not ours. He wants us all to be moving towards wisdom, to be moving towards becoming passionate followers of Jesus. And this means that God wants us to be receptive, to receive truth, to change and grow, so that we can become more like our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus and the privilege that you give us only through him to be called your children, your church and your body. Help us to grow to become a church of passionate followers of Jesus. Motivate us to continue to put Jesus in the centre of all our lives, in all that we say and all that we do, every single part. Work in our words and our actions to become a community of genuine truth-tellers and also to be receptive listeners. Help us to do this so that others may see your love and others may come to know you. We do this for your glory and for your kingdom to grow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.